I hope that women and men all across the world can see something they relate to in Ray. In a strong woman who does her own thing and has her own story. Where do you come from? Classified, really. Well, I think people are going to love Ray. She is vulnerable and innocent. But at the same time, you do believe that Ray can become really strong and she can really kick some butt. I feel like I've been part of an amazing experience playing Ray. She's an incredible woman. Get ready! For what? Notice that uh, this episode is out on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday, and uh, I was get, we were going to do it on have it come out on Tuesday, but I was too busy once again checking the weather in Dubrovnik. How was the weather there? It's still hot. It's still hot in Dubrovnik. All the residual heat. <laughs> I'll tell you though, I am. I, it was really, really sad watching them or seeing the photos of them taking down the sets. And Dubrovnik. Yeah, it's always sad when they take sets down. It's crazy to me that they just smash them and burn them up, usually. It's they could just send them to my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them all. Well, we should start. This is uh, Blast Points number 12. Can you believe it? Yeah, I'm Jason, and here with Gabe. Hi, I'm Gabe. Still. It's, uh, it's the end of March 2016, and filming on episode 8 is still... Still happening, still going on. Get brother. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. Are they still doing location stuff or did they move to the inside studio stuff yet? Uh I well, there's that filming going on in Ireland, right? Yeah, where, okay. Where right. people are taking photos, faraway photos of cranes, right? Of like not bird cranes, but like camera cranes. They at least got rid of birds this time. They don't have the bird problems. Yeah, they don't have the puffins anymore. But yeah, that's about what's going on. I don't know. Imagine, I imagine lots of studio stuff there. But things definitely have quieted way down, wouldn't you say? Yeah, especially, well, that one week was just crazy where there was new stuff every day. But I'm sure we'll get another good week soon. There was talk of what would they what they were doing in Dubrovnik being some kind of Vegas planet. Yeah, that would be kind of crazy. Saban really did. I mean, it's well, Attack of the Clones had the sports bar kind of thing, but a whole like casino planet would be pretty crazy. You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. Especially if it's an excuse for Lando to show up. Yeah, I mean that would just make total sense, right? Hello, what have we here? Yeah, how could you have a casino planet and not have Lando there? He's cool. He's just cool. I'm more of a galactic entrepreneur. There was, did you read the thing about uh, Luke wandering around inside one of the casino sets? Where are you going? I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. No. But there was like, like, and who knows? Because like this is coming, this is like, the inside, the interior of the casino sets the stuff that would be done at Pinewood. And someone said, oh, there's a part where Luke Skywalker is walking through one of the, the casino-like sets like he's looking for someone. I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Maybe he's trying to win money to, like, buy some new pants or something. <laughs> Been wearing the same pants for 10 years. Yeah. He just needs some new pants. I don't think I don't think Ray had any cash on her. <laughs> and Chewie's probably tired of lending him money. <laughs> That's the look on his face. He's like, you have no idea how gross my pants are right now. <laughs> Filthy. I, actually, I don't know. It would, we haven't seen any force gambling in a while since Qui Gon, so it's about time for some Jedi Jedi Casino. Uh, Gambling. Yeah, bring out the chance cubes. I am betting heavily on the Sebulba. 
I'll take that bet. What? Yeah, some chance cubes. <laughs> Big novelty sized chance cubes. <laughs> there was all that crazy talk with uh, people saying Laura Dern is like a like a resistance person. Right, like yeah, she's like a ship captain or a, some higher up in the resistance. Or was it the Republic? Yeah, who knows? I mean, that begs the question, too, how much of the the Republic really got wiped out. Right. Yeah, because I would think there's at least some Republic people left. Because yeah. I get the feeling from Force Awakens, it's like that was the whole, everyone on that planet was the whole resistance. Like, that was their whole group. Yeah. Well, you would think if the, if there were more people in the resistance, more ships, they would have sent them out to Starkiller Base in that battle. Right. So... If there's any other ships floating around, they're probably just Republic ships that weren't at the home planet, which would be interesting. Who knows? It, the the book is coming out on the beginning of May, that Bloodline book, which is right before Force Awakens, which is mostly like Leia-centric, which is like uh, like Leia rustling some feathers in the, new, in the Republic, starting the Resistance kind of thing. And I think that'll be interesting, kind of give... The resistance and Leia's ro- whole role in the start of the resistance and the Republic, like who she pissed off in the Republic, pretty much. Yeah, that would be because they with the deleted scenes. That's not one of the ones that they have back in there. Is the when Leia sends uh, her little buddy to the to the Republic planet to convince him that the First Order is going to cause some trouble, right? That, I don't think that was on the deleted scene list no and that's you know that's a weird thing with the deleted scene list for the uh, force awakens dvd they're all really really short even the speeder chase scene it's not is that one really short too i don't know if there's any of them that are over a minute long man I yeah know. i don't know why they wouldn't put them back in the movie because it was funny talking to people like even at work like people who aren't even huge special edition fans are like why didn't they add them back into the movie they all look so awesome <laughs> So what's been uh, what's been going on with Rogue One? Man, I don't not much other than uh, didn't Donnie Yen like leak some more pictures or something? Oh yeah, so so Donnie Yen's wife on Instagram, which by the way, if you're listening to this right now and you don't follow Donnie Yen on Instagram, hit pause, open up Instagram, and first follow Blast Points, and then follow Donnie Yen because Donnie Yen's Instagram is gold. So Donnie Yen's wife on Instagram posted a picture of herself with a Lego snow speeder. And she's like, hey, look, this is just like on the set of your movie, Donnie. Which, which got everybody tripping because remember like a few episodes back when we were talking about uh, snow speeders in Rogue One. Right. And how they're originally supposed to not be for snow. So it would make perfect sense for them to bring those back. Exactly. So does Donnie Yen's wife just like does she, how how knowledgeable is she with Star Wars ships? Does she just see like a Star Wars ship and be like, "It's a Star Wars ship," you know, whatever? Or is she like, "Yeah, legit, there. This is the snow speeder, or not snow speeder, like air land speeder thing that was in Rogue One." Who knows? Laser guns, test firing, release landing gear. From Kenner Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back Collection, it's Rebel Armored Snow Speeder. Batteries not included. You got my message. C-3PO and Rebel Soldier action figures each sold separately. We'll get you to safety. The Empire forces. We've got to escape. Snow Speeder has laser guns with sound and light action. Got them. Back to the Rebel base. Rebel Armored Snow Speeder from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately from Kenner. I would think she knows what you're It's a pretty, like, it's such a small ship compared to the other ships. Like, I would think you wouldn't really confuse it with something else. I, I just feel like with Rogue One in general right now, people are getting... I mean, it is weird, I guess, that we've gotten zilch from it. And, like, even just the fact that we've only gotten that one photo. Please welcome Mr. Gareth Edwards. And his next film will be the first Star Wars anthology film. We've only introduced one of the cast so far, and that's that's Felicity Jones. She's fantastic. But she plays, yeah, I can say this, a rebel soldier. You just said it. <laughs> yeah, because you would think there'd even be, like, official behind-the-scenes photos or something. It, it, it just makes me think that they're just waiting for Force Awakens to come out on DVD, for that all to be done and over with. 
and then be like, okay, Force Awakens is now done. It's out on DVD. And now we can move on to Rogue One. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out in one more week. Well, and it, see. Or two more weeks. Here's the deal. Digital is Friday. Digital is this Friday, April 1st. And then the DVD is next week. But here's the deal. So Wednesday, May 4th, May the 4th and all that stuff. And then Civil War, uh, Captain America Civil War comes out. That will premiere that Thursday night. Start playing in theaters that Thursday night. The day after May 4th. So if there, you it sure would think, you would think that we'll get a Rogue One trailer online on May 4th. In theaters with Civil War the very next night. Yeah, that would make sense. When did what did we get for May the fourth last year? Was it the was it the Vanity Fair issue? Yeah, maybe it was the Vanity Fair stuff. Um, but at that point, we already had a trailer for Force Awakens, so oh, we had, we had two. Yeah, and character names and photos and the costumes at Celebration and stuff. Yeah, we knew a lot. Yeah. Um. So then, so that's May. Then. July 15th through 17th is Celebration London. Yeah, and they're going to have to have something for that. Something yeah, big. You would think something big. And then the weekend after Celebration London is San Diego Comic-Con. So then that's July. That's the end of July. August, who knows? And then September is Rogue One Force Friday. And so then I feel like at that point, we're in the home stretch. Then we're like a couple months away. We'll probably get another trailer, kind of like we did with Force Awakens in, like, October-ish, you know? Mm-hmm. But with the, yeah, with the anthology ones, they have to get the normal people to at least even understand what it was. That's true. What it is. So, yeah, I gotta, I almost ima- imagine the marketing's gonna be potentially, like, very different than what it was for Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, putting the trailer on Civil War has just got to be a given. Having it explode out on May the 4th, you know, I think that's, it'd be silly not to do it on that day. They tell you, since you're talking BB-8, that I decided if if I ever start a dance crew, our name's going to be BB Unit. A BB unit. He's a BB unit. He's a BB unit. So, watch out. <laughs> so you think you can dance at tryouts? Yeah, yeah. Watch out for BB unit. We're gonna we're gonna take all the competitions. We're gonna roll over the all the other teams. <laughs> you could have a dance crew just called the the Jacku crew. <laughs> the Jack crew. <laughs> the Jack crew. <laughs> That's BB Unit's gonna take gonna beat everyone until the finals when they gotta go against Jack Crew. <laughs> Jack Crew. <laughs> it's like who's gonna win, Jack Crew or BB Unit? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's going on with Rebels? Yeah, so there's two episodes left on Wednesday, the finale, and then the last two, uh, the Chopper Droid ones, which. I really liked the first one with just the two droids, but it seems like uh, last week's, for the most part, was probably the everyone's least favorite episode of the whole season. Could have been, could have been. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't my favorite, um, but I liked the spiders, and I liked the uh, the the sad everyone saying goodbye to each other. It just didn't feel like it it connected really well, but. But yeah, the yeah, um, it's kind of like the episode was a little bit all over the place for being like a spooky horror episode, and then also like the kind of bittersweet because you see everybody saying their potentially last goodbyes, depending on what happens in the next episode. But I did really like Zeb in his lawn chair listening to the like space hair metal station. <laughs> what are you doing out here, big guy? Uh, oh, hey, Ezra, just getting a little fresh air and privacy. Pull up a crate. Watch the sunset. <laughs> I hope there's more of that in the future. <laughs> yeah, we a character moment for Zeb that we really learned um, that he loves uh, 
space metal. Yeah, there's a lot of hard rock going on on the the whatever the the planet where all those people or all Zeb's uh, friends live. <laughs> oh, the Zeb people. So I got a good, a really good uh, message from our old friend Ben Lopez, uh, Rebels Clone Wars superfan Ben Lopez. You might remember from, I think it was episode number three or something. But he and this is really good. So in the episode. A storm over Ryloth from Clone Wars. Ahsoka leads a squad of, of Y-Wing bombers to attack a Separatist ship. If one of these Y-Wings was carrying Chopper and it was shot down for Hera to find, that means Chopper probably knew Ahsoka. And going back to Rebel Season 1, Chopper was the one who contacted Fulcrum to help the Ghost crew. I wonder if Filoni had this planned or if he's just great on calling things out he's already done. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, because like, like they said that uh, Hera found Chopper during the Clone Wars on Ryloth, like, and Chopper was on a Y-wing. So obviously, that's going back to the episode "Storm Over Ryloth." Yeah, which is so, kind, of, kind of fascinating. I wonder if technically Chopper was in some of the other Y-wing episodes too, because I think they had the Y-wings. Quite a bit in a few of the seasons of the Clone Wars, even before the Ryloth battle. Yeah, yeah. So Chopper, like, definitely would have probably known Ahsoka Tano. So would he have maybe known Anakin too? I would think so. Yeah, Obi Wan, everybody. Yeah, those crazy droids. Yeah, all. You know, and I've been thinking about it a lot, like partially through Ben's message he sent with just what exactly Ahsoka was doing from when she got kicked out of the Jedi Order to her appearance again as Fulcrum and that you know, like especially like with the 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 Shroud of Darkness episode, how she said she the last time she saw Anakin was when before they were rushing off to save the Chancellor. So it's like, well she was still on Coruscant. Well yeah, probably on Coruscant, right. Yeah. Is they yeah well we we don't really know for sure where they where they left from to save the chancellor they could have been somewhere else but they could have been you know that's how he was captured as they were all the Jedi are away and they hurried back to get him but yeah it's interesting it sounds like they I mean they have all that stuff kind of planned out what had happened in between and we just haven't got to see it yet or if ever I would love a um, like a comic series like a Marvel comic series Ahsoka Tano. The Lost Years or something like that, or a book, you know, I think it'd be enough story to warrant a novel. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. It is odd that there hasn't been kind of an Ahsoka-centric comic since she's such a fan favorite at this point. Yeah. So much story, I'm sure, that they had already written, and then just there's that whole time frame, yeah, where there could be tons of adventures, especially with her and uh, Ventress teamed up. But yeah, next week, or I guess not even next week, right? It's this week. Yeah. Um, man, who knows what's going to happen? We got the old master. We got Ezra. Did you see the two new clips? I think we're from yesterday or today. Well, I saw the clip. Uh, I saw the clip today with Ezra picking up the lightsaber and then the, the crazy Knight of Ren looking Inquisitor jumping out yeah, at the new, them. The new Inquisitor. Yeah. So there's that. Um. Yeah, Vader's going to be there. Ahsoka's going to be there. So with this episode, will be coming out on um, this episode of Blast Points and the Rebels will be coming out on Wednesday. So um, and we're going to record a special short episode on Wednesday night with of us uh, basically just babbling, um, sounding really <laughs> with with what's left of our brains after we watch the the rebel season finale what do you, what are your predictions right now man i don't know i keep i keep going in circles like i got to think there's going to be some going to be something with anakin or vader and ahsoka are going to going to face off in some respect but maul's going to be there too so who knows Part of me thinks that there's going to be some point where Maul's going to try to kill Ahsoka and Vader kills Maul to save Ahsoka, or there's going to be some, I don't know, some twist or something. It's going to be like wrestling. <laughs> it's a crazy three-way match. But then with Ezra maybe 
getting some dark side, maybe Ezra's going to do, maybe Ezra's going to kill Maul or something. There's going to be something that's going to kind of let him get some of his dark side um, coming to the surface. I, all I know is that Vader doesn't want any piece of Anakin Skywalker still out there. He doesn't want any remaining living memory of who he used to be or anyone that can connect him with Anakin Skywalker still out there. So, you have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. Unless you're the Emperor. Technically doesn't really want him out there either. No, technically he doesn't. But, you know, Vader is going to want Ahsoka dead. And Vader, it's like, well, we know Vader doesn't die in this episode, you know? So, and we know Ahsoka's not around in episode four. Yeah. So, it doesn't, I think everyone is kind of bracing for impact with what's going to happen in this episode with Ahsoka Tano. We haven't really had that yet on Rebels. Well, other than the Grand Inquisitor. That's true. That's true. But That was kind of a surprise in the first season. Because I, I was assuming he was just the new bad guy for the series. Actually, they killed a lot of people in the first season. But like a good guy death. Yeah, they haven't had a good guy death. But bad guy deaths, like pretty much everyone that you thought was like, oh, this is just... <laughs> these are the new bad guys. Like they all got killed in the first season. That lady... Yeah, Hat yeah. Lady. Hat Lady was season two. Yeah, at the beginning of season two, basically they replaced everyone with Tarkin and Vader. Yeah, which is surprising. We haven't seen much of Tarkin at all this season at all. Yeah, I wonder if he'll come back this light, this last episode to kind of set up season three. Yeah, and that goes back with a uh, Rogue One, um, <laughs> like with the crazy talk of uh, completely CG Tarkin. Oh yeah, I hope so. I'm fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> I don't care. I, he, could just be, he could be a stop motion puppet. I just, whatever. I just get Tarkin back. Charming to the last. <laughs> they could do the Bruce Lee cutout of Peter Cushing. It's fine. A Thunderbirds marionette puppet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super Marionation Tarkin. Super Tarkinonation. <laughs> what do you think, Grand Moff Tarkin? <laughs> um. God bless you. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we should tell this story. So, Gabe and I were at a where were a Star Wars convention in Dearborn, like in 1996, or Dearborn, Michigan, in like 1996. Yeah, it was a Men Behind the Mask, right? Men behind the the Men Behind yeah. the Mask tour. Never forget. And there was an autographed picture of uh, Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin, and he wrote on it, God bless you, Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. and it was like the scene right before they blow up Alderaan, pretty much. It's like the evilest Tarkin you can have. God bless you. <laughs> Everyone wants to see Tarkin? He was there in Revenge of the Sith. He was there. He looked like a Dick Tracy bad guy. He looked like Clayface. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's part of the story that Tark, Tarkin has all these uh, doubles. You never know where the real Tarkin's going to be. That would be great. Yeah. Fake Tarkin, Tarkin in a wig, and a fake beard and mustache. <laughs> yeah. The goofy teeth. Hill, <laughs> hillbilly teeth. Hillbilly Tarkin. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> he I'm went gonna... that way. <laughs> I saw him go there over there. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't disappoint Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're setting the bar pretty high. Oh, yeah. So speaking of, um, with Rebels and Rogue One, did you read that uh, Gary Whitta or just put on his Twitter that he's writing more episodes for season three of Rebels? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that. So I that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that reminds me, did Katie Lucas write any episodes of Rebels yet? Yeah, I wonder if the whole Lucas family is, uh, they got the boot. She wrote a lot of the cooler Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, she did. So I was kind of surprised that they didn't have her back. And thus, yeah, there's some sort of Lucas family, they're banned now or something. <laughs> yeah, they're all, 
Yeah, there none of them are allowed. They weren't that keen to have me involved anyway. But at the same time, I said, I'm not going to, if I get in there, I'm just going to cause trouble because they're not going to do what I want them to do. So and I don't have the control to do that anymore. And all I would do is muck everything up. So I said, okay, I will go my way and I'll let them go their way. I mean, I would love to see Lucas, George Lucas, back in the fold. That's never going to happen. But just imagine if they said, uh, hey, a season three episode of Rebels is going to be written by George Lucas. Uh, Sign me up. Yeah. I would watch it naked. I would project it on my own chest. (laughs) (laughs) That way I can feel it and see it. (laughs) Absorb it. Yeah, I could yeah absorb it. I'd watch it over and over until it tanned my chest. <laughs> Dude, that's a sweet tattoo. Like, nope, it's the George Lucas version episode of Rebels. It's a preview of the new Star Wars movie, Return of the Jedi, and you could be there if you're one of five grand prize winners in Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi sweepstakes. Grand prize also includes Kenner's complete Star Wars Return of the Jedi collection. Entry deadline April 1st, 1983. Thousands enter. Only five win the grand prize. Details on posters and entry blanks at participating stores. Your entry gives you a chance to be one of the first to see... Return of the Jedi. Uh, so, Gabe, did you... Um, so It's Ray Day. It is Ray Day. I'm wearing Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever asked you, which is crazy. What, what's your gut feeling on Ray? I mean, I know it's cliche now, like, but everyone does have their own theory. Yeah, I think, I think at first I was pretty sure she was Luke's daughter, mm-hmm. but now I kind of feel like that there's definitely going to be a connection between them and some history. But I almost feel more like if she's his daughter, she's going to be like his adopted daughter, and I almost feel like it's like Qui Gon, where Qui Gon found Anakin, that at some point Luke found. Ray, mm-hmm. and he just found this little girl that was so strong in the force that he kind of took her from wherever she was to train her. Because um, I think that even kind of ties into the thing where I still feel like Ray's more like Kid Anakin from Phantom Menace than Luke, because they're they're kind of more similar as far as Ray working. You know, she's a junk scavenger. Anakin worked in a junk yard. Um, they both had the goggles, and that she's kind of they both were pretty much super good-hearted people who were actually pretty strong in the force, like right off the bat, where Luke, you know, Luke wasn't exceptionally kind and generous and really wasn't using the force at all until he met Obi-Wan. So I think some parallels there. Yeah, I mean, you can really, like, she's either, you can break it down into pretty much four different things, the ways it can go. Either she's a Skywalker, she's another chosen one, and she has no parents. She's none of the above. She's just a girl. The two were accompanied by a girl. What girl? That perhaps Luke took from her parents. Or there's the theory that she's a Kenobi. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. Um, which I think all four of those have their own points to them, definitely. I, my personal thing, I think either she is a Skywalker. You introduce that and there's got to be, well then, who was the mother? And where is she? And that would be a lot of story to kind of start explaining in these very fast-paced movies. But I'm kind of with you that she is someone that probably Luke found. Yeah, because, I mean, that totally goes in with why Kylo Ren would be so jealous of her, too, is that here's this person who's not a blood Skywalker, but somehow is, you know, the new chosen one that Luke Skywalker decided that she's she's the one he's going to train. She's the one that he needs to pass on his knowledge to, and it's not him, the grandson of Anakin Skywalker. Well, it's like when he said that lightsaber, it belongs to me. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and the other thing I think is kind of interesting with Ray is, which... I don't know people don't seem to be talking about too much. Is like, yeah, she's definitely, by the end of the movie, she kind of channels the force and she becomes good at, you know, well, she was already kind of good at fighting, but it kind of, you know, enhances her fighting and kind of traditional stuff you think that Jedis do. But also, I think she seems to use the force in, in other ways in more of the, 
empathetic or compassionate way where like she has a lot of empathy and I feel like that's kind of how they justify her being able to speak droid and speak Wookiee and all these things is it's almost like with Ezra and being able to talk to animals kind of thing where there's, she can use the force to kind of understand people's feelings, which makes it easier to understand, to communicate with them, even if they're speaking different languages. Well, and it's interesting too, because that's very similar to, it's like the exact opposite, but similar of Kylo, where Kylo is gifted at pulling information out of someone's mind. Yeah. Where Ray is more, she's, it's like, she's just as strong as Kylo. Like she can tap into Kylo's brain right away. Yeah. And say you're afraid and even pull out the Darth Vader thing. But it's, it's, it's the light side and the dark side of the exact same skill almost. Right. She can get the same information, but she gets it from being empathetic and not from being aggressive. And even like with BB-8, she hears BB-8 in trouble and runs and rescues BB-8 where, you know, it's just a droid, but to her, it doesn't make a difference. That's just Tito wants you for parts. He's no respect for anyone. Your antenna's bent. Which is a very Anakin and Luke thing to do. They were always much more uh, friendly to the droids than anyone else in Star Wars was. Would you say that, what would you say was Luke's, from what we've seen in the three films with Luke so far, was Luke's trait in the Force? Well, eventually that's the trait I think he learns, right? That's how he defeats the Empire or Emperor at the end, is he finally pushes aside the aggressive fighting parts of the Force and basically just feels what Vader's feeling, even though Vader's not saying it. And that's what he learns he needs to do to basically defeat the Emperor. Now, what if... Just what Qui-Gon was trying to teach the whole time, too, where it's like just being compassionate and listening to people is actually where the real power is. Mom, you say the biggest problem in this universe is nobody helps each other. It's true. Now, what if that? What if Luke? We know Luke taught Kylo. What if Luke also taught a very, very young Ray? And what if that was the message Luke was preaching, like the Qui Gon way of empathy and listening and understanding? Remember, concentrate on the moment. Feel. Don't think. Use your instincts. I will. May the force be with you. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's kind of in Rebels with uh, when Yoda's talking to Ezra, and he's really disappointed when Ezra decides that they they need to fight because he's waiting for someone to say, no, we don't need to fight. But that's really not the right solution. One of the many reasons I love Return of the Jedi so much is, you know, the... I think it was Pablo Hidalgo who said once, like, because someone was asking, well, when was the, when is the moment when the Force awakens in the film? And he's like, that's open to interpretation, almost much like, well, what does the title Return of the Jedi mean? Does it mean Luke? Does it mean Anakin? If it is Luke, you would say it's the moment when he throws down the saber. Yeah. Because that is the moment when he truly becomes a Jedi, where he says, I will not fight, that... You know, it's like Yoda, the wars not make one great. Like, yeah, it's not so much fighting as it is choosing not to fight. Well, and that's, I guess, it, the same moment then that Anakin has it too. I mean, just a few seconds after that is when Anakin is the return of the Jedi. When he stops fighting, I mean, I guess he does, <laughs> he does fight, but he fights the, the right person that time. But for the, for the right reasons, he fights to save his son, not to gain more power. Well, and and also it asks it begs the question too. Like Luke in Force Awakens doesn't have a lightsaber, right? And if Luke, 
if this Luke we've we've we're seeing in Force Awakens at this point is so zen with the Force that he's like, I don't need my lightsaber anymore. I'm not fighting anymore. I'm not doing it. And here's Ray. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. You're right. Here's Ray bringing basically bringing my lightsaber back to me after I've vowed to. I don't need those things anymore. Yeah, like an invitation to almost, we have to fight. It's like what Maz Kanata says. You know, you must face them. You must fight them. So loyal to George, and I owe him so much. He at one time said, would you consider playing an Obi-Wan-type character handing Excalibur down to the next generation? I said, when that would that be? And at the time, he said, around, all around 2011. Mm. I thought, gee, I, as much as I'd like to have a job lined up at the turn of the century, I was figuring out how old I'd be at that point, and I thought... Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, that could be potentially really interesting because it's almost like, yeah, Luke basically came to this point of not of basically giving up violence and succeeding, and now he's got to kind of go the other direction potentially to fight to like Anakin did and fight to save somebody, not just to get power. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting too, like where this will lead Ray in the future films. I think, personally, I think she will be put in a situation where Finn is in some serious jeopardy, possibly. And will she rush to save Finn, much like Luke did in Empire? Luke, you must complete the training. I can't keep the vision out of my head. They're my friends. I gotta help them. You must not go. But Han and Leia will die if I don't. You don't know that. Even Yoda cannot see that fate. Because Finn saved her, risked everything to save her in Force Awakens. Yeah. That's a good point. Because Luke raced out to save his friends, and at that point, they didn't really... Well, I mean, Han kind of came back and saved him. So I guess there was the precedent there where not only did Luke want to save his friends, but he kind of he owed it to Han because Han kind of came back and saved him in the Death Star. So it is kind of a similar situation. And what if Luke is like, I'm not going to interfere because I'm not fighting anymore. And I'm not facing off against Kylo Ren. And I'm not facing off against Snoke. But, I mean, it'll put Luke in a very interesting position because Luke will know, I did this before. I rushed off to face, to save my friends before my training was complete. And it was in that that I, he, Luke wouldn't be the person he was without that confrontation on the desk, on uh, Cloud City. Right. So in Luke's mind, it probably wasn't a bad decision. But regardless, like, the Force is calling to Rey, which is very, very, very interesting. Like, so when when she touches that saber, she hears... It's like when she touches it, she's hearing the history of that lightsaber. Go! and the bad but then also there's obi-wan kenobi speaking directly to her so obviously like is that because she is well and it's i keep thinking about the snoke's line because like recently when i was watching force awakens um i started thinking like well why does why does kylo want the map to luke skywalker so bad well, it's because Snoke wants it, and Snoke wants it because he doesn't want the Resistance to find Luke Skywalker, because he says, if Skywalker is found, then the other Jedi will rise. Yeah. Well, he says the new Jedi. The new Jedi will rise. Right. So, is this, are they going off a of prophecy? 
Are they like they're they're not as afraid of Luke as they are what Luke will create? Yeah. Well, I guess and there's no one else. <clears throat> there's no one else to train Jedi other than Luke or Snoke. But yeah, at this point, anyone who has Force abilities, if Snoke finds them, he's going to train them like Kylo. Yeah. Or whoever the hell the rest of the Knights of Ren are. Yeah, so that's interesting that you'd have to think that if she if she's just like a random no one, not another chosen one, not you know that what well, would the would I mean, I guess Obi-Wan You know that's a I hadn't really thought about that before that. That is an interesting point that why did they make an effort to make sure that Obi-Wan says her name and not for how much there's, you know, Yoda talking and everything in that flashback, Yoda doesn't say Ray when they had Frank Oz come in and record new dialogue and then they didn't use it. Yeah. I mean, if, so, it, if anything, it would make more sense for Yoda to be saying her name or to be saying, these are your first steps. Like, as Yoda kind of still being the keeper of the Force, even after death, but Obi-Wan saying it, I don't know, that's interesting. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah, because why is it Obi-Wan and not Yoda or Anakin or... Yeah, Anakin. I don't know. It's it's interesting in that, you know, I don't, I don't really subscribe to the she's a Kenobi theory, but... I don't know. Is it are they purposely trying to lead us off course? Is it like a whole JJ mystery box thing or something like misdirection? But I don't I don't know how much I even want that in like Star Wars mythology. Yeah, and you know, well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But like they put a lot of energy into that flashback scene. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's go through. Let's go. Let's let's jump into yeah. that. Let's go let's into the flashback. <clears throat> So we've got the separate audio tracks, the separate stereo audio tracks for each channel. The right. 5.1 surround sound, we got all five channels isolated. Yeah, because there's layers and layers of just, it's almost, you know, I was thinking this is almost like in the prequels where Ben Burt got his little section, his scene in each movie to just be all audio, which in Force Awakens, I think they kind of did that with the... Uh, Maz's castle battle where there's really no music and it's just sound effects. But this whole flashback scene is kind of a similar thing where there's, you can close your eyes and basically get the whole flashback all with audio. Yeah. And there's more going on in the audio than there is in the, in the visuals. Okay. So let's start with the, with the back left, the back left speaker channel. You're not getting much on this one. You hear, you hear Vader breathing, which you hear in pretty much all of them. You hear the young girl saying, no, um, come back. You hear, you hear what sounds like Ray screaming. You can barely hear Luke Snow, Luke's No from Empire, and you hear um, lots of lots of just random sound effects. So let's listen to that. This, yeah, the the ambient rain and those sorts of sounds. Yeah, here. So here is the back left speaker speaker channel track. <laughs> Let's go into the back right, which is pretty similar to the back left, but let's just go ahead and get that one done right now.
Okay, now, the next one, the center channel. This one, where it starts to get hot. Yeah. This is the, the clearest, the clearest of the, of the five. Lots of Obi. Lots of Obi-Wan. It starts out, something that I really love, it starts out like, with, it sounds like somebody playing pinball. All right, here we go. Go! Okay, so that one, we really get uh, Luke's no from Empire really clear. Um, you really get Unkar Plutt really clear. Which, it's weird to me, it still sounds like Unkar Plutt's voice is mixed with um, Max von Sydow's voice. Really? I don't know. Every time I listen to it, I hear one or the other. It's kind of, I don't know if I'm just imagining that or they, if, you know, they did some crazy stuff. Maybe they did. Quiet, go. Well, it's Ankar Plutt's hand in the movie. But when I didn't, the first couple times I saw the movie and didn't see the hand, the voice sounded more like Max von Sydow's character than it did Ankar Plutt. Well, and at this point, we're we're basically we're seeing, sele- I you'd have to imagine selective memory of Ray at that point, where she's having a forced vision, and perhaps it was Max von Sydow that took her, but she associates it with. Uncar Plutt at that time, because that it, it asks the question like, well, why, why would Luke give Ray to Uncar Plutt? Right. Or why would Uncar Plutt be like waiting on the desert in Jakku? Like, hey, we're delivering a little girl to you. Yeah, and it does seem convenient that the map to Luke, that's in the care of Max von Sydow's character, happens to be on the planet with Ray, who happens to be. Potentially the new chosen one. Um, so also in that one, you hear the Alec Guinness Ray, uh, very clear from the uh, um, what? What? What's the Alec Guinness line? Yes, thanks to uh, this guy Marcello from this Brazilian website, Jedi Center, basically went nuts and found all the original audio on YouTube from where the clips are from. So, yeah, when Alec Guinness says Ray, it's from this scene. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah, okay. Um, and that that center channel track is really awesome because you can really hear the uh, Ewan McGregor, These Are Your First Steps, really well. These are the first steps. Which is still blows my mind that they had him come in and record audio for this. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, so then we have the front left channel. Uh, so let's go ahead and play that, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay, so that when the pinball sounds are gone, uh, you can hear Yoda much clearer than before, and you really hear uh, Obi-Wan saying, you'll be tempted. Yeah, which is, where is that one? 
from Empire Strikes Back. When you will be tempted by the dark side of the Force. Which it's interesting when that line, you will be tempted, plays during the vision. It's when we, we see the reaction shot of Rey looking at the Knights of Ren. Mm. Interesting. And then after that is uh, Obi-Wan saying, Force will be with you. Right? From A New Hope. Yep. The Force will be with you. But it's it's like kind of distorted. Yeah. And now this, and then, okay, and then, then you hear, and this is really, really interesting. You hear Palpatine, Palpatine in The Force Awakens saying any Jedi, which that's a deep cut. Where, where's that one coming from? I believe it's from Revenge of the Sith. Let's see. I think I have this one here too. Me, can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so not only is it Palpatine, it's Revenge of the Sith Palpatine. Yeah, so it's Revenge of the Sith Palpatine. And that moment is playing when you see the field of dead Jedi bodies. Insane. Absolutely insane. Now, when Rey turns turns around... And she sees the ship leaving, right? That's when you hear, you will do it alone. Again, from Empire. If you choose to face Vader, you will do it alone. So, what the hell are they saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're just, yeah. It, it could be a lot of nonsense, but otherwise it seems like they must be saying something, right? That I, I mean, it's like... You hear about the Force... It's 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 the light side of the force. It's the dark side of the force, but it's also the history of this lightsaber. Every single time that one of these lines is said, that lightsaber was there. Anakin had it pulled on Palpatine. He had it lit up to Palpatine's neck when he says, "Only through me," you know, the 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 that line from Sith. Yeah. Dude, that yeah. lightsaber was there through all of that. It's almost like that lightsaber is seen more of the force than anything of like the the heavy stuff. Yeah, it's it's absorbed the the memories of the force. Um. So then we have the front right. Uh, yeah, one the Yoda channel, basically. Basically, the Yoda channel. Let's play that one. So that one is even more clear with the Palpatine and the Obi-Wan stuff. Are we missing an Obi-Wan quote? Was, is there one, but you can't control it? Is that in there? Yeah, right. He says, uh, here it is. But you cannot control it. Yeah. You cannot control it. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Well, and then here, here's all the, I have, uh, there's the whole Yoda part. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings, so we. This whole that thing I was thinking too is really kind of neat. With this, is it's almost a, in a way, I think it's a it's kind of a George Lucas thing to do with you know, I think, kind of an, a sound collage thing, kind of going back to THX 1138 kind of stuff. Sure. So it's kind of neat. It's something new to Star Wars, but something very kind of a George Lucas kind of thing to do. It's nuts. It blows my mind. The fact that Palpatine's voice is in The Force Awakens, just saying, even just saying two words, 
Palpatine's voice and Ewan McGregor's voice. It's too much. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. 60 portions. Oh, yeah. All right, so we got a question from Kits. This one is from Cassie. She is five years old, and she's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And she asks, why does Sabine have blue hair? Mm. What are your thoughts? I think it's because she's an artist. That's exactly what I wrote. She's an artist. Um, She uses color to express herself. And explosives. But you can't really use explosives in your hair. (laughs) Don't, Don't try it. Whatever you do, don't use explosives in your hair. It's, it may seem like a good idea, but it's not. Right. Unless you have uh, Darth Vader's eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, don't try it at home. She's rebellious. She wants blue hair. And she's a member of the Rebel Alliance. So, And she may have dyed her hair with blue milk. Truly wonderful the mind of a child is. So, Gabe, we have, a, we have an iTunes review. We have a new iTunes review. Uh, it's a good one. This one's from Skoldron, and he writes a truly, deeply fun Star Wars podcast. It's a very nice uh, shout-out to uh, Tech the Clones there. Brings warm feelings to my heart. <laughs> uh, blast Points is aptly named as It's a Blast. Hosts Jason and Gabe have a great charm that makes their podcast a lot of fun to listen to. It's a prequel-friendly atmosphere where they'll talk about any aspect of Star Wars without bashing it. Instead, they cherish the quirky strangeness that sometimes pops up in our beloved franchise, and they shine an entertaining light on their love for all things Star Wars. Definitely worth checking out. I think that's, that's totally spot on. Yeah, that's great. I shot that So yeah, you should leave us an iTunes review also. If you leave your iTunes review, just like the one from Skuldron there, we'll read it on the show. Give you a shout out. Um, we appreciate it. It helps the show out a lot. And so if you're listening to this, go over to iTunes, let us know what you thought of the episode. You must contact me. And follow us on Twitter. Um, leave us some comments. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know some topics you'd like to hear on the show. Uh, we're at Blast underscore points there on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Just look up Blast Points. We'll come right up. You can like stuff, post a lot of weird photos and stuff, and tell us what you think. And we're also on Instagram. Just look up Blast Points on there. Find out about upcoming shows. There's a lot of really good interview shows still coming up. Um, be the first to find out about those when those are hitting. So we should give uh, we should give some shout outs. Um, we should give one sh- uh, other, other podcast shout outs. Give one uh, to our friends over at Hamburger the podcast. Uh, yep. Rick and Ryan they do a podcast just all about movies. It's really really good stuff. Uh, it's, uh, they're good guys and uh, their podcast is absolutely hilarious of them just talking movies. So the most recent one... Um, in Overfield Lane. Yeah, they went, from, they went from talking about Indiana Jones 5 to Rick giving a full rundown on the airport film series to their opinions on 10 Cloverfield Lane. And it's really entertaining. You should go check it out. Hamburger the podcast. I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Full of Sith. I did the interview with Mike Pilot a couple weeks ago, and they were really nice to um, say some great things about uh, Blast Points on their podcast. So I just wanted yeah, to re- cool. yeah, return the favor and say thank you to them. And I wanted to give a shout out to uh, the, uh, the website Roku, Roku Depot, which they've been really supporting Blast Points, um, giving us great reviews. Yeah, they had some really nice reviews. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you for that, and uh, I hope you keep enjoying the show. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the support so far, Roku Depot. Thank you. Just in a couple days, we'll have a, uh, a new, another little mini-episode where we recap our feelings on uh, Twilight of the Apprentice. Parts 1 and 2. Parts 1 and 2. It's like, you, use your illusion, parts 1 and 2. Yeah. 
Um, hopefully Slash shows up in it. We yeah, can hope. I'll be swimming with dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> you hear any splashing in the background. It's just me and the dolphin. So tune in for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Obi-Wan, may the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. You did great. Just rest. Sorry. The other thing I wrote down, which I, I don't know when to bring it up, but I was thinking about Rees, and then I'm thinking about John Rees Davis, and then I was like, John Rees Davis? <laughs>